A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Scoop very special guest on right now. Uh, coming from New Jersey, uh, he covers the NBA and he's one of the more one of the more knowledgeable people you'll ever want to meet about basketball. And I'm talking about Brandon Robinson, aka Scoop B. Scoop, how you doing, buddy? Man, I'm doing good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Anytime, my man. Anytime. Thank you for coming on to the show. Lots to talk about right now. I know it's been the first the first week has been kind of crazy to say the very least. But, you know, before we go on, Brandon, how did you get into covering basketball? Well, um, I've been around basketball since I was about six. Um, it goes back to, you know, my family's days owning uh, two businesses in Harlem on 125th Street, Lenox Ave, um, Men's Walkers and the Athlete's Foot. Uh, Athlete's Foot was a sneaker store, Men's Walkers was a men's shoe store, and Used to have sneaker releases, and various people would come in the sneaker store. Clyde Drexler, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, Mike Tyson, jazz musician uh, uh, Dizzy Gillespie. So just, I was always around, you know, athletes and stars, and just people who have prominence, and you know, always had a good rapport. So um, that coupled with, um, you know, my uncle being commissioner of Parks in Harlem uh, called at a spot called Citywide. Uh, which was a, a, a basketball league where anybody from the city came about and played. Um, that coupled with, um, you know, my dad being from the west side of Chicago uh, and introduced me to the game uh, when the Bulls won their first championship in 91. It kind of just all stuck. And uh, six years later, they had an opportunity to host a radio show with uh, Evan Roberts, who's at WFAN, and uh, Albert King, who's a Nets legend called Nets Slam and Planet. Uh, Chris Carino, does the Nets play-by-play broadcast, was the executive producer at the time. And, uh, you know, that really got my interest in uh, basketball, interviewing people and more. Uh, it just was a, a divine, uh, or divinely orchestrated situation. I love to talk. I love basketball. And um, I love I love the culture of basketball as well as music and everything else. And here I am years later sitting on your podcast, uh, reflecting on it and talking about it. So those, those are my those were my formative years. And, uh, you know, I've been all over since the Source magazine, CBS. Uh, and my podcast, Scoop B Radio, which won the two million downloads last year, 4.5 million as of July. And 
yeah, man, I love basketball. I'm glad to sit here with you today. Brandon, thank you so much for coming on, man. You know, you, you I, I heard you with, uh, with our friend of ours, no, no, tour, our friend of ours, uh, combo. uh, combo, combo's court, Andrew Sillop. Hopefully I'm saying his name right again. <laughs> But, uh, nah, Combo was, you know, I heard, I heard you through, uh, through Combo's court and, you know, just hearing you talk about basketball, you know, really like opened my mind saying to myself, like, wow, not only are you a true fan, but you cover it. So that's Mm -hmm. pretty cool. So anyway, to get on with, uh, with the show right now, Scoop, I got to ask you, have outside of the Warriors right now going five and oh, uh, what do you see right now in the NBA world? I know you see a lot about Jimmy Butler, the trade going on, trade trade rumors going on. Miami's or right, my Miami, Miami wanted to offer a four first round picks, or if if I'm getting the team right, I think the Rockets, the Rockets, the Rockets, the Rockets. I'm sorry, the Rockets. I'm sorry. Are you talking about the current uh, proposed trade that the, that Wolves reported yesterday? Yes, yes, the Rockets. I'm sorry, the Rockets. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's all good. It's Friday, and you haven't had your afternoon coffee yet. <laughs> I'm actually having a cappuccino right now as we speak. So I, being no, up since four thirty doesn't help. I'm trying to give you a pass. <laughs> it, thank you, my man. Thank you, thank you. But yeah, uh, no, 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 it's all good. Um, yeah, it was reported. Uh, trades that Asian Wolves and Rockets could be seen reported uh, for. Um, first-round picks uh, in exchange for Jimmy Butler, um, and there were are some players um, that they were going to use as fillers in that, in that move as well. Uh, the stadium and the athletics, Sham uh, uh, Sharina reported that um, the Timberwolves are not interested, and if you've been paying attention to what's going on, um, Tom Thibodeau has been relieved of uh, decision-making abilities. Um, that was reported today, um, and that you know, Glenn Taylor is kind of taking over and Layden are kind of taking over uh, the negotiations with anyone interested in Jimmy Butler. Um, I mean, there's a lot that to be talked about uh, re- report regarding the Jimmy Butler thing. I've been on the forefront of the Jimmy Butler and Houston Rockets discussion since uh, the end of September uh, when I reported that P.J. Tucker, Eric Gordon, and I believe a first-round uh, draft pick were uh, in the conversation between two teams. Um, right now, it's kind of just a back and forth. Is it Miami? Is it Houston? I think at the end of the day, you asked me about the Golden State Warriors. I do believe that if uh, Jimmy Butler were to join the Houston Rockets, that would make the Houston Rockets an automatic contender um, because there are some things, there are some gaps uh, that the uh, Houston Rockets have, particularly because they got rid of not only Luke Bamute, who was a good defensive player, you also got rid of Trevor Ariza, who was their defensive cog the anchor of that defensive ship. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so th- there are some things that need to be worked out. Jimmy Butler is a two-way player. Uh, he can defend elite wings. Um, and I think that Houston is a, is, a, is a team that can beat him. But here's the other thing. I know that many people have, have downplayed the significance of LeBron James joining the one Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, I think that that fight, between the Lakers and the Houston Rockets is actually strengthening 
the core of the Lakers because you're seeing what the Lakers can do without both Rondo and Brandon Ingram, who, in my opinion, going into the season, I said Brandon Ingram was a, a potential uh, most approved player of the year. Um, but but you look at Kyle Kuzma, what he's been able to do. Um, you look at Lance Stevenson, who was being Brooklyn's own, Lance Stevenson being Lance Stevenson. Right. Um, they are a complete team. I think that you just need to see those personnel step up. You need to see Alonzo Ball step up Thursday night in that regard. So I don't bet against LeBron James. And for him to make a move to the Western Conference, huh, number one, they don't see that LeBron and the Lakers were to go to the finals. They wouldn't have to see Steph Curry in the finals. That's one. And two, um, I think that those are the two teams that, that can compete. I think when you look at the regular season, teams like Denver, teams like the Portland Trailblazers will be there in the top six. But I think when it comes down to it, the nuts and bolts and nitty gritty on the NBA's Western Conference side, it's definitely the Lakers, the Rockets uh, that can contend with the Golden State Warriors. You know, you, you, you mentioned the uh, the Denver Nuggets and you also mentioned the Los Angeles Lakers, two teams that played yesterday on the NBA on TNT's uh, national broadcast game. Um, what, what did you think about the Nuggets so far starting off with their uh, undefeated stretch before the loss last night at Staples Center? I like Gary Harris. I think that the Denver Nuggets um, have something special. Um, and I think, honestly, um, it was a good move for Isaiah Thomas to head over to Denver as well. I spoke to Clyde Drexler, who told me that it takes him out of the spotlight. Um, you know, they did lose 121-114. That was kind of payback from the preseason when Denver handled the Lakers. And, you know, the Lakers were able to see what Denver could do. Um, but I, I think a Denver Nuggets team that's 4-1, and one, um, they got a lot of season to play. You look at Malone uh, as the head coach, a guy that um, – has something to prove, uh, particularly because he came out of that assistant coaching ranks. And, you know, I think he, he has something to prove. He practices with the team. And also, um, I just think that it's early in the season. The Lakers have played five games. The Nuggets have played five games. Um, and I think, you know, the Nuggets will play against the Chicago Bulls team on, on Wednesday, for example, um, that went, got their first win the other night. Um, and then they have some injuries. You know, Chris Dunn is out. Um, you got Bobby Porter's who's out. And so now you got guys like Jabari Parker who are going to have to step up. And Zach Levine has been playing lights out since the, since the opening tip. So it's still very early, and, and, and we're still finding out and feeling out who was who. Absolutely. Speaking of finding out who's who, one of the undefeated teams left, the Detroit Pistons. I mean, you talk about new coach Dwayne Casey going in there and, and putting a putting a stamp on that team right now. They're they're undefeated and they're playing probably the best basketball so far this season. Only I know it's only been a week into the season, but Blake Griffin's putting up crazy numbers right now, and looks like that that team is just playing really good. What do you see with Detroit right now? What do I think of Detroit? Um, I think that I went on record over the summer and said I think Dwayne Casey has something to prove. Uh, particularly because um, of the way he exited the, the Toronto Raptors uh, in that situation and them letting them go. I also think that um, Blake Griffin has something to prove. You know, I think it, I've often wondered how much t- uh, gas Blake Griffin had left in the tank because um, when I looked at him and just looked at the type of scorer he was, he got a lot of his baskets off dunks and off Chris Paul's assists, but he also extended his jumper. Um, he also, you know, established a steady 12 to 15 footer, uh, a crossover dribble and more, you know, it would be easy to make the comparison that um, with him depending so much on his legs and his and dunking um, that he'd be, 
you know, a modern day Antonio McDice, where McDice, when he lost his aerial attack, aerial assault to the basket, uh, he kind of floundered a little bit. But I think he did. McDice did make a transition, if I'm not mistaken, played for the Detroit Pistons and played for the the, the San Antonio Spurs briefly. But you know, during his time with the Knicks, that's a sore spot because right. he got hurt, you know, during that time. But mm-hmm. you know, when you look at Blake Griffin and you look at the Detroit Pistons, as much as people think that the NBA's Eastern Conference. Um, may be weak. I think that the Eastern Conference is showing you uh, that the Eastern Conference is going to Eastern Conference, if that makes sense. I think at the end of the day, um, you know who the elite are in the NBA's Eastern Conference. You know it's the Sixers. You know it's the Celtics. You know that it's the Toronto Raptors. Um, but then, you know, you have other, you have a second tier with the, you know, the Pacers and the, and, and the Washington Wizards. But I think that, you know, the Detroit Pistons are showing you that they have something to prove and that they're not to be, uh, slept on and I think that um Blake Griffin scoring 50 points in the opener is, is an eye-opener for people and, and I and I left out the Milwaukee Bucks as well uh Giannis Antetokounmpo in my opinion is is is, is a favorite for uh the NBA's uh most excuse me yeah most valuable player this yes still very early, but I've gone on record and said that but I think when you look at the Pistons here's the thing they're 4-0 um they started off hot last season and then with the Blake Griffin trade kind of floundered mm-hmm so it's still a lot of basketball to be played, but a Pistons team that's 4-0, uh, you, you want to pull for Blake Griffin. Of course, especially since he, when he played with the Clippers, he he had all he had he was the number one overall pick for a reason, not only with the high flying ability, but he could dribble the ball. He could be he was he's been like you said, he's been developing a mid range game and in a in a world where the mid range game is being lost, I feel. It's coming. I feel like it's going to be coming back with Blake Griffin playing the way how he's playing right now. But you know he's playing. He's playing good. The same can be said with uh, Andre Drummond. He's playing good. Is Smith? You know, he's he's playing good too, right? He's, is he on the? Pit? He's on the pit. Is he on uh, Reggie Jackson? I'm thinking of. Excuse me. He's playing yeah. good as well. But uh, you know, another team, another red, white, and blue team, the Seventy Sixers. What do you think about the 76ers right now with their big three, with uh, with Fultz and Simmons and Embiid right now, all three of them playing together in the starting lineup? How do you feel about that? Um, I mean, Simmons is going to be Simmons. You know, I, I spoke to a retired NBA player, uh, Mikey Moore, uh, over, the, over the last week or so, who said um, that uh, Simmons needs to focus more on being a floor general uh, than he does uh, and, and and worrying about his jumper, I think that and, and he said that Simmons overthinks the jumper, uh, and I think that you know people worry so much about whether you know Markel Fultz will develop. Uh, I was with Zach Levine last week. He said that he thinks uh, Markel Fultz is ready, um, and and so he's becoming a late bloomer right now. Um, but when I look at the Sixers team. I mean, Kawhi Leonard had something to prove on the Raptors side. Blake Griffin has something to prove on the Pistons side. Victor Depot has something to prove on the Pacers side. Uh, Kyrie Irving and the, and, the, and the Celtics are figuring things out with a, with a, a roster of everybody healthy now. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks, Trey Young is, is is figuring things some things out and shining early in the season, and you know they also christened the new arena. So I think you know when you look at the Sixers, and then you know the Nets are in eighth place. Karis Levert is playing well. Um, the Sixers, I think the thing about them is I went on record last season before the beginning of the season and said that the Sixers were, were a seventh or an eighth seed, and then they were in the top tier. 
Um, I think the Sixers aren't a secret anymore. You know, for, for Knicks fans who are listening, you know, Jeremy Lin, when he has a whole insanity thing with the Knicks, people had no data on, on, on Jeremy Lin. But after a while, leagues and defenses begin to figure them out. I think the, the, the league and, and people at large are beginning to figure out what Ben Simmons can do, what Joel Embiid can do. No longer can Joel Embiid sit out in back-to-backs. He has to play more than 65 games a year. And, um, I mean, I think it's cool he can still sit on the massage table still and eat grapes. But um, <laughs> when it comes down to the Sixers and what they need to do, I mean, they know what they need to do, but I think it's going to be a, more of a jungle out there. And I think that the Sixers are, are clawing in a more competitive Eastern Conference this season. Now, Scoop, uh, the Celtics, I feel like, still the best team in the East. Do you think the Raptors or Sixers can maybe challenge them for Eastern Conference uh, final spot? Do I think the Raptors and the Sixers can challenge each other for Eastern Conference final spot? Uh, against the Celtics. I think they can. I think, I think, but I think that the Raptors are in a different um, stratosphere because of the unknown plus what they added. Like when you really sit and you look at the, the Raptors right now, okay, so you gave up DeMar DeRozan, you got Danny Green, and you got Kawhi Leonard. To be honest with you, you strengthen your shooting with, with Danny Green. Um, and you, you've given more guys that can shoot to, to point guard Kyle Lowry. Um, you know, I hate the fable that, you know, because LeBron left, that gave uh, the Raptors more um, room to grow. But at the same time, the truth is the truth. And so, you know, when I look at that situation with the Raptors, I also like the fact that um, Nick Nurse is there. You know, rest in peace to Tex Winter, but there are many coaching folks who have compared the impact that Nick Nurse had on that Raptors offense and, and under Dwayne Casey to Nick Nurse. And that's why the Raptors passed over um, even Jerry Stackhouse, who helped the, the, the Raptors uh, G League team win two championships to hire Nick Nurse. There was something special in that all-beef patty special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, and the special sea bun that made him say. And I think that, you know, when you when you, when you you add somebody like that that you believe in, you know, that makes the players want to believe in you. And, and, and I think that just Danny Green is, is, the, is the factor. You know, you, you add Danny Green, you add Kawhi Leonard, you, you have a uh, Jonas Valenciunas, you have a, a, a Kyle Lowry, um, you have a Serge Ibaka, like, that team should have been good a long time ago, and so maybe this is the, the the thing that they need. I see you like my McDonald's reference, by the way. Yes, the McDonald's reference is <laughs> is purely priceless. <laughs> you know, that's purely priceless right there, man. You know, you talk about the Raptors right now, and you talk about the Celtics and the 76ers. We're going to stay in the Atlantic Division right now, and we're going to stay with the New York teams. What do you think about the Nets and the Knicks so far? I know the Nets have been they've been a little surprised right now in a good way. And they also have a high turnover rate. But if they keep on going on the way how they're playing, they look like they could be a little a sleeper team right there. Sean Thomas, how you doing with those Nets, man? You know, and with the Knicks right now, what more can you ask for from the Knicks? You know, but how do you feel about those those two? How do you feel about the two New York teams? Well, I, I do believe that the Knicks are, are are playing beneath their privilege because of um. It, honestly, because of the fact that they just don't have everybody healthy. You know, the the, the Porzingis thing is an issue. Um, and I just think the Knicks don't have an identity. Like, who's the go-to guy? Right. right. At this point, it, it, uh, Knox is hurt right now. Uh, Noah Keita is just a defensive presence at this point. 
Um, you know who who else you got? Trey, well, Trey Lonzo, Burke. Lonzo Trier is stepping up, but you got to remember he's a rookie, so he's going to hit his rookie roll, wall eventually. And he's got hops. Yes, yeah, he's. I Sean Miller is no slouch at Arizona, man. He turns him out. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, man. So I, I think, uh, I think it's a process, and I think that for the Knicks, again, they've only played five games, um, and I think the margin for error in the Eastern Conference, like you look at the you look at the Raptors five and zero, the Pistons four and zero, the Bucks four and zero. Then you scroll down, right? Pacers three and two, as well as the Celtics. Um, to me. I don't think the Pacers or the Celtics should be in the same conversation, you know, but then you look at the Hawks two and two, the Heat two and two, the Nets two and two, the Hornets two and three mm-hmm. on paper. I think the Hornets are a better team than the Nets on paper. You know, the Sixers are, are in 10th place at two and three. They're definitely a better team than the Nets, the Heat, the Hawks, and the jury's still out on the Pistons. So when you scroll down to, the Wizards at 13 and, and the Knicks at 14 and the Cavs at 15. I mean, the Cavs are over five. We already knew what that was. But at the same time, when you look at the Knicks, are you trying to tell me that the Knicks and the Wizards are not that much better than the Cavs? No. You know, the Bulls, the jury's still out. I think that the sixth, seventh, and the eighth place to me are so wide open. Because if, you, if you're really honest with yourself, many people maybe didn't think the Pistons were going to be as high as they were. Uh, you'd be high to think that they would be as high as they were. Some would say, you know, at the same time, when you look at the when you look at the um, when you look at the Hornets, I think the Hornets will be there. I think that the Knicks, it's just one of those things where six, seven, and eight, the, the margin is going to be when it's all said and done in April, a one or two two game difference. So, um, I, I wasn't counting on the Knicks being there. I wasn't counting on the Nets being there. But you know, when you look at Karis Levert. I call him on Twitter. I've been hashtagging it, Clutch Levert. He's playing out of his mind right now. There's a reason why the why the Nets were refusing to include Karis Levert in any trade discussions with Jimmy Butler because they knew what they were bringing to the table, what he was bringing to the table, and 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 the fact that the Nets believe in him, Karis has shown them that he's something to believe in. So I, I think that the Nets are the better team in New York, um, but the Nets and the Knicks are still both young teams. I think the biggest thing for the Knicks is Porzingis is out, and they're about a year out from NBA free agency next season. And, and I think those, those that this coming summer could change some things. Brandon, what's your favorite basketball moment that you've like ever covered before? And also, who was your favorite basketball player growing up, and who's your favorite basketball player that you've covered? Favorite basketball player growing up was Michael Jordan. Um, I, I mentioned earlier at the beginning, uh, falling in love with basketball in 91. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a treat recently to have Gary Vitti, uh, the former Lakers trainer who covered, the, who was a Lakers trainer for long, long time Lakers Lane. trainer. What you say? Long time Lakers trainer. Long time Lakers trainer from Magic all the way to Kobe, 32 years. Um, he kind of talked a lot about that 91 finals and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, reliving that was cool. Um, Favorite players covering, uh, I, I enjoy covering Kyrie Irving. Uh, he and I have a, a good rapport. Uh, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, James Harden. Um, pretty much, I, Carmelo Anthony as well. You know, and former Nick, I like Carmelo a lot. I, I'm pulling for him in Houston. Um, 
And I think your other question was what you said: favorite people covering or favorite or favorite basketball moment. Yes. On the court or behind the scenes? Both. So when I was a kid, um, like I told you before, I had a radio show with the Nets called Nets Slam and Planet. Right. Uh, I used to be in the Nets locker room and the uh, visitors locker room all the time at the old Meadowland Stadium in East Rutherford. And um, I literally was like like TJ Kid before TJ Kid. I tease him all the time about that. He and I are actually friends. I was the cute kid before TJ. <laughs> 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 Except I was the reporter. And right. so um, I remember being in the Bulls locker room as a kid, um, seeing Luke Longley on one side, Ron Harper on another side, seeing Scotty Pippen on the other side. And then when you, the, the old Nets locker room, the visitors locker room was a hockey locker room because the Devils played at the Meadowlands as well. Right. And so there was this door that you would open. It was like you had to have WD-40 to open it because it just squeaked every time you opened it. <laughs> And, um, you know, I walked in the locker room. This was before the game. Dennis Rodman was sitting in the room uh, with the TV. He had, like, these red and black flannel pajama pants on and these ankle socks with balls on them, like like frilly balls on them. And um, I remember I turned. There's this room that you can go in. There was a room where, like, the coaches would be. So, like, Tex Winter would be in there. So, Jackson would be in there. And Michael Jordan would be in there. So, I was a cute kid. I got away with certain things that older people couldn't do. <laughs> so, I opened the door and – uh I looked up and it was Michael Jordan. And the first thing I'm thinking is, where are you coming from? Why aren't you in my TV? <laughs> That's funny, man. The That's... second thing I thought was, oh my God, it's Michael Jordan. And that was probably the first time in life I was speechless. And so for me, it reminds me of a moment. Um, I've never said this publicly, but it reminds, I tie it to a moment um, one of my favorite movies growing up was the movie Rookie of the Year, where the kid, his name was Henry Rowan Gardner. He was the starting pitcher for the Chicago Cubs. Yes. He must have been like 10 years old. I felt like him growing up when he met Chet Stedman, a guy that was played by Gary Busey at the time. And so for me to see Michael Jordan in that moment, it was a surreal moment, just like, you know, Henry Rowan Gardner meeting his favorite pitcher. Right. That, that's a and great never, that's a great movie right there that you just mentioned. Yes, sir. I might watch it tonight. <laughs> oh, man, that's that's great, man. That's great having to meet Michael at such a young age like that too, and having you you doing your uh, you doing your thing with uh, with Ev back in back in the day, man. Um, you know, Brandon, I got to ask you one more question, man. You know, outside of basketball, what other sports do you did you like playing or, or covering or watching? Um, when I was a younger kid, I swam competitively. I swam. Uh, I like to swim still. Um, I played a little baseball. I played a little soccer. Um, competitive or, or a club team, but swimming competitively is what I did in middle school. Um, but I think that I got to a point when I was younger where I wasn't necessarily as good as some of the, the people in basketball as some of my you know, counterparts were, but I always just had a good rapport with athletes uh, just because you know, I hung with them. I, I ate with them. We, we hung out together and I'm tall like them. I'm six foot five. I'm black like them. I speak their language. I dress like them. So there's a, there's a natural, mm -hmm. you know, progression in that process. And so for me, uh, I think bigger than all of this is, um, something that I've really focused on in 2018. Uh, I, I put this on my Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram at scoop underscore B for those listening. Um, 
2018 is the year of the butterfly in the sense of um, really living within your purpose. You know, I'm a fan of basketball. I cover basketball. I love basketball. But I think more than anything, um, while basketball is cool, it's the vehicle for me to reach people in other ways outside of just covering it, whether it's speaking at schools, about living within your purpose and more. So I've really been intentional in just living within my purpose and really using basketball as a vehicle to do, to do other things. So I played sports. It gave me the social aspect to, to reach other people. And it's put me in a position now where, you know, I'm getting trolled on Twitter every other day, but I'm actually having a conversation about what I love, which is basketball. And uh, using that as a vehicle to do some other things, some really big things, it's, it's, a, it's a great thing. And I'm really excited for my future and what, what I have going on uh, moving moving forward. Hey, the president is the president, and, you know, they call it the president for a reason. And right now you're really enjoying your gift. And that gift for you is to talk basketball and to talk sports with others. And, you know, you certainly do a great job of that. Brandon, great job as always covering the NBA and, you know, doing whatever it is, you know, that that you do. You do you do it great. You know, you do it awesome. You're awesome with a capital A. What more can I ask for? You know, Likewise, man, you, you guys are doing your thing, too. I checked out uh, some of your stuff and um, it seems like you guys are really growing. And if I can do a thing to help you, please let me know that. Give us a follow on Instagram. I got you. And on Twitter, too. We're we're on the board sport. So. You know, I'm doing it now. What is it? Uh, it is O N B O A R D S P O R T. That that's the Twitter handle on uh, on our uh, on our Twitter. So if you could give us a follow and you know spread the word out there, man. You know if you can. Got you. Thank you, my man. Thank you, Brandon. Dude, one other question for you, and then before before we go, college basketball. I know the G League and the NBA. They they came up with a plan to give the elite uh, prospects one hundred twenty five thousand dollars for a contract to to play in the uh, in the G League, almost like a, they're trying to be like baseball and hockey. Just about. What are your thoughts about that? Um, it's a loaded question. I'll try to simplify it as much as possible. What I will tell you is, I think that Lavar Ball made basically uh, created a situation where they had to change it. But I think LeVar Ball gets that credit. It also goes back to 20, mm, I say 2009, 2010, when Brandon Jennings and Jeremy Tyler uh, bucked the system with the whole one and done thing when, when Brandon Jennings went over to Italy to play and then was drafted in the NBA draft a year later. Um, I think that college basketball has been, a, and I also think the FBI investigation last year changed some things uh, as well. I think college basketball is trying to protect their brand and the NBA is following suit. Uh, but when you look at the LeVar Ball situation with the, the, the JBL League, uh, those guys who were amateur status were promised money uh, and, and were given a lot of things. I, I checked out the JBL when they played it out in my graduate school, alma mater, Hofstra University, uh, this summer. And um, I will say that it was a showcase of the Ball brothers, but at the same time, um, Anytime somebody does something that is countercultural or controversial, it seems like the majors are trying to find a way to capitalize off it. It's the same thing with people legalizing marijuana and the same thing with gambling becoming legalized as well. You figure everybody's making money. Why can't we too? And so I think that, you know, the comments that the Bayheim made the other day about uh, the kid who got, is getting a paid internship with New Balance, it's just another uh, step in uh, the direction of, out with the old and with the new, but the new still has to be regulated. 
And so when I look at that situation with um, the G League offering that money, yeah, that's great, but here's the thing that you're missing. While uh, play basketball is great, um, I feel like you still have to have education, whether it's, whether it's book training in the classroom or whether it's just common sense. I think that sometimes what gets lost in this translation is that these young men are still people. They still have to be contributing men to society. And when you look at the last decade or last decade and a half, we've seen folks like Lenny Cook. We've seen people like Gary Smiles. We've seen people like Eddie Curry while they were drafted and or or were highly regarded in high school. Look at their careers now. Um, I have the most respect for Darius Miles. I was actually with him recently and wrote about him in my blog. I, I did an interview with him. You can find it at scoopy.com. Um, he lost a ton of money because he didn't have the financial responsibility and he had the hanger going on a lot of people he was taking care of. And so that he didn't prepare himself for the next chapter in life. Mm-hmm. It's bigger than just playing a game. So I think with this whole thing of a, about the NBA changing the one and done rule, um, there are people who are cases in um, – what happens after after the, 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 the ball is not bouncing anymore that they're kind of stuck. You know, basketball is about making money, but there has to be a fine line or a balance between that. So when you see guys like LeBron James who are the exception to the rule because he had a good team around him, um, everybody's not as lucky. Right. You know, you, you mentioned Darius Miles. I read his, I read his story on The Athletic uh, the other day going, going to the Islander game. And my goodness, Brandon – you know, you talk about guys that literally kind of ch- counter-changed the culture back at that time. You know, he was it, 18 years old, going into the NBA from East St. Louis, and then, you know, going into stardom at 18 and getting all the money and everything like that before the NBA was what it was now. You know, it, it's just, it, it's crazy, man. But what what a, what a story, you know what I mean? Just to, just to hear guys like Darius Miles' name and everything like that. You know, he was one of my favorite players growing up too, with with the uh, two taps to the head on the headband with him and uh, Quentin Richardson. You know, that's crazy thing. Did you know he told me this? They actually got that from Trevor Ariza. Yes, from Westchester High School. Yes, I was reading that in in his uh, athletic blog. Yes, mm-hmm. you know because because uh, in September, and the thing about it is, um. Trevor Ariza is a huge part of a puzzle that I think people are starting to really realize how interconnected he was. Like LeBron and, and Trevor were playing against each other uh, in high school. Mm-hmm. Carmelo as well. Um, I think Trevor Ariza is now just starting to get his just due uh, as the player that he is now, and I'm glad he got that $15 million. Uh, but but to, to, to your statement about uh, Darius Miles, I think you know Darius Miles is legitimately um, a guy um, who – you look at guys like Kwame Brown as well. You look at guys like Eddie Curry. They were the abnormal as far as guys who were not uh, traditional players at their height in their position. Right. What they did 15 years ago, Anthony Davis, Brandon Ingram, uh, and others are the direct result of what they saw. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of like I use this example in hip hop. If somebody told me recently, uh, a DJ told me. You know, you think everybody likes or looked up to Jay-Z? He said, what if I told you that guys like Takashi 69 grew up like at 50 Cent? You're looking at people now who grew up who looked at the Get Richard Die Trying album as a masterpiece, and they're 
living their best life and looking at 50 as that guy. Right. Who grew up like a G unit. Mm-hmm. And so now, comparatively speaking, you look at guys who grew up liking Darius Miles. They like Darius Miles. They look at Darius Miles. They look at uh, Tracy McGrady and Vince Carter the same way that my age group or generation looked at Scottie Pippen as the premier point forward, Michael Jordan as the man, mm-hmm. um, and more. So it's, it's just interesting how that shift is happening. Yeah. I mean, listen, you know, when you when I growing up, when Darius came into the league, I was, what, 10, 11 years old at the time. My three mm-hmm. favorite play, my four favorite players growing up were – Kobe, I couldn't remember Michael Jordan on the Bulls because I was eight. So I remember him winning his last championship, and then the Spurs won in 99. They closed out the forum against the Lakers. I'm a huge Lakers fan, by the way. And then mm-hmm. 2000 was when the Lakers won against the uh, Indiana Pacers in six. So my four favorite ball players growing up were, were Kobe, Shaq, Glenn Rice, and Darius Miles. And that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, those were the guys that I liked. Outside of that, you know... I, that's how I grew my basketball uh, lore by playing Kobe Bryant courtside 2000 with the commentators of Chick uh, Chickern and Stu Lance, you know. So that's that's all I got to say about that. But uh, you know, it's it, Brandon. It's been fun talking basketball with you, bro. Thank you for coming on to the show. You know, like I said, you do a wonderful job at doing what you do best, and that's talk basketball. And the future is bright for you, man. And hopefully, the future is bright for for everybody that's involved right now you know so brandon thank you for coming on man and next time i will be in studio with you guys make sure you guys uh, that are listening check out the scoopy radio podcast subscribe on apple podcast spotify google play tune in and also check out uh, basketball society online and follow me on twitter at scoopy absolutely brandon thank you so much man thank you for coming on everybody that's brandon robinson aka scoopy Thank you for coming on to the show, bud. Really appreciate it. My man. Thank you. Awesome, man. Brandon's awesome with a capital A. He's knowledgeable, and he he is great, man. He he is absolutely 100% true and one of the better better people you'll want to hear and and read about. Scoop B Radio. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.